It's almost like he knew, right? At the time he gave me the lens, we knew he was sick. Mm. And, and at that time, I knew nothing about macro photography, but I was staying home taking care of him. And walking outside into the backyard with the lens was a way of escaping my reality and just clearing my mind and giving me a sense of peace. And after he passed away, that's what it really became. It was my looking for peace and getting out of my head. And that's what my photography was. And I would spend hours and hours. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Adulting can be hard, but you don't have to go it alone. I created this podcast to give you inspiration and let you know you're not alone in feeling stuck in midlife. Both men and women are welcome here, But if you are a woman, I also invite you to join our Midlife Uprising community for women, where we're making waves and reimagining what it means to age. Being part of this community for women will remind you on a regular basis that you're not too old and it's never too late to do that thing you've been thinking about. You can find more information at latebloomerliving.com forward slash community, and I hope to see you there. Hello, my friend. Have you ever seen a piece of art and been transported? Many months ago, I stumbled upon some beautiful photos of flowers on Instagram, and I immediately started following the artist's account. Her name is Sally Halverson, and all I can say is that her photos made me feel peaceful. This doesn't happen very often, but Sally and I started communicating on Instagram. And besides being very talented, she seemed like someone I'd like to be friends with. I also had a sneaky feeling that her art had a backstory. And I wondered if that story might be good for this podcast. So I reached out to her to see if she wanted to hop on a call and get to know each other. Lucky for me, she said yes, and she does indeed have a story that I think you're going to love. And be sure to listen to the end. I, I have a special question for you that I'll be asking there, and I'd love to hear back from you. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation, but before we get into it, I want to tell you about something that I do every Sunday morning that starts off my week in a thoughtful and compelling way. I sit down with my breakfast and my coffee and I open my email because I know what's waiting for me is a thought-provoking message from my friend Lou Blazer. Lou publishes a weekly newsletter called Midlife Cues that I love to read. In fact, her newsletter often sparks ideas for this podcast, um, topics for the clubhouse rooms that I lead every Wednesday morning, and even the crazy reels that I make on Instagram sometimes get a little inspiration from her newsletter. 
To put it simply, Lou Blazer makes me think. She is on a mission to help midlifers be truly happy and feel fulfilled in the second half of their lives. So she does tons of research and writes about her aha moments and then shares links to the articles that she's found along the way. I highly recommend that you get your own subscription to Midlife Cues. It's free and you can sign up by going to midlifecues.com. Seriously, stop what you're doing and go there now before you forget and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. Um, I'll be waiting for you. Go on now. I'm waiting. No, all jokes aside. Without further ado, here's Sally Halverson. Let's go. Hey, Sally. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to you today. Me too. Me too. I found you on Instagram and fell in love with your photos. And I don't know what happened. I guess we started following each other somehow or some way and commenting on each other's stuff. And I was like, gosh, this lady seems nice. (laughs) I think I need to get to know her. (laughs) I know. Well, and I would see your stuff on every morning when I'd go through the feed before I started working. And I always liked your videos. I love your videos. Oh, thank you. They are, um, you know, they make me laugh. They make you feel good. Um, So I just kept going. You know, you're always drawn to things that make you happy, right? So that's, that's why. There you go. Well, that's what your photography does for me. So, oh my gosh. So I don't know why I just had a feeling that you might have a story. So, so that's why I got in touch with you and sure enough, you do. I I would love to talk about your journey to the photography that you're doing now. And uh, do you mind me asking how old you are? Are you cool with just putting it out there 61 and you do this beautiful flower photography and it's macro photography which for anybody who isn't a photographer it's a special kind of lens and you can get super duper duper close to your subject and then you focus in very very precisely on the focus Mm -hmm. and then everything else goes to blur and they're filled with color and light and they glow and they're just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. I I appreciate that. I would love to hear how you started doing the story about how you started doing the photography that you're doing now and what led you to it. Well, I've always been in photography, but um, I started macro photography when my husband passed away um 17 years ago and so he is actually the person that gave me my macro lens um and it's almost like he knew right at the time he gave me the lens we knew he was sick Mm. and and at that time I knew nothing about macro photography but I was staying home taking care of him and walking outside into the backyard with the lens was a way of escaping my reality and just clearing my mind and giving me a sense of peace. And after he passed away, that's what it really became. It was my looking for peace and getting out of my head 
And that's what my photography was. And I would spend hours and hours. Um, when I went back to work, I'd go home after work and I would grab my camera and my lens and I would go outside into, because we had a beautiful backyard. I would go outside into the garden and I would, I could be out there for hours and I would um, buy a bouquet of flowers and I would bring it home and I would take it and I would photograph it um, in the, the family room next to the sliding glass door because it had all this beautiful light. Or I would have it in the dining room next to the windows in the garden, or I would put it in the front room because it had another exposure of light. And that is exactly how I started in the photography for flowers. And then I, I took a, a workshop. I took one workshop for macro photography. And it was at the very beginning because I had connected with a group of people that had a camera shop called That Photoshop. And um, they had a, a, a well-known photographer, Charles Needle, come to do a presentation uh, to teach. And so I, I signed up for this, this class. It was $100. It was up in Anacortes, which is an hour away from where I live. And it was a, an, a wonderful experience because I, I met him. I got to meet other people that were interested in photography. And he opened my eyes. When I left that workshop, everything changed. Absolutely it's like somebody turned the light bulb on because when I was driving home, all of a sudden the trees had more detail. The clouds were just fabulous. And I, I couldn't take my eyes off of everything. I mean, my, my brain was literally firing on all levels and I was just seeing absolutely everything. It was almost as if it was for the very first time. And I wow. never stopped after that. Wow. So I have so many questions. When Now you used to, it was a pastime for you and your husband, right? To go out and do photography together, but it wasn't the macro photography, but that's how you guys spent time together, right? That was like yeah. your, your, your time. Yeah, we had a, we had a trick. When we went on our honeymoon, we both had digital or um, 35 millimeter cameras because we didn't have digital at that time. And we had a thing where each of us had to take a picture of the other person. So we would know whose role of film it was. Huh? And it was because he was always saying, that's that's my picture. I'm like, no, it's not. It's my picture. <laughs> so that was the way we got around it. It's like we took a picture of each other. So then we would know, oh, that's my roll of film or, oh, no, that's yours. That is your shot. You can't claim my shot. <laughs> that is so funny. And so, wow, 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 wow. How long were you guys married? We were married for um, 14 years. We were together for 18. Wow. Wow. And did you, um, there was some time that you spent as a caregiver for him, right? Yeah. Um, when he was diagnosed, he was diagnosed on September um, 10th of 2007. And he passed away on September 20th on 2008. So you had a year. So I took care of him for a year. Wow. You went. I went from wife to 
caregiver overnight, basically, because his um, illness went from diagnosis to critical almost immediately. As soon as they started doing radiation on him, um, things changed very quickly. Mm. Wow. Did you, were you going out into the backyard while he was still alive and taking photos just to give yourself a little bit of a break? Like a little self-care thing or? Yeah. When he gave me the lens, I initially did. Mm -hmm. But as the um, illness progressed, um, it was so overwhelming um, to to care for him because he went, so he, he had cancer in his um, sacrum. And when they did the PET scan, he basically lit up like a Christmas tree. So it was in his entire body, but it was in his bones. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know anything about bone cancer, but bone cancer is one of the most painful forms of cancer there is. Mm -hmm. And um, he, you literally could not touch him because he was in so much pain. And so every day we had to go to Seattle, Seattle Cancer Care or UW for radiation therapy. And um, they would get us, we had to give him, his our neighbor and, and his best friend was taking us at the time because he's unemployed. Talk about godsend, right? Cause I wouldn't have been able to do it. It was, oh, it was wow. an hour drive from our home every single day to go in for radiation. And it wasn't just driving, it was our traffic drive. Wow. And, and were you um, trying to hold down a job at this time? I was working. Yeah. I so was you working. were working. So this friend who was unemployed, like really, like you wouldn't, have, literally wouldn't have been able to and keep your work. Right. Well, I, so my job, the place that I worked for was amazing. Um, I remember the president of the company called me into his office and I thought, oh my God, he's going to let me go. Mm. And um, he said, he said, you need to take care of yourself and Pemmer. And he said, I don't care what you have to do. He says, I don't want you here. I want you at home. I want you to care for him. And um, you do what you have to do and you don't worry about us. We will be here and so will your job. And they paid me for the entire time, the entire year that I wasn't working my salary, because if they hadn't, we would have, wow. I could only imagine that we would have lost everything. Wow. I mean, like I said, God send there's people come into your life for a reason and a time. And I worked for that company for 19 years before they closed their doors. Cause I couldn't, I, I loved them. Um, but I, I would never, I never felt like I could ever repay them for right. what they did. Yeah. You know, so I would never, I would never leave. It's incredible that they did that. That is amazing. Amazing. Wow. So, so the, the macro lens was a gift and, and it's not like you had been out in the backyard taking photos. He just gifted you this and that started you down the path. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's like I said, it's all from, it's all because of him. Wow. In many different ways, you know, he's, he continued to provide 
you know, love and comfort after he was gone through what I was experiencing. That's how I viewed it. You know, it's um, when somebody gives you something like that and it has such an impact on you, it's it it reflects in everything, you know, and I, I honestly feel as though he's with me when yeah. I'm photographing. Wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. So what, so how it's been 17 years since he passed, right? Yeah. Wow. It's a long time. It has been a long time, but in some ways um, it doesn't feel that long. You know, we had such a wonderful relationship. We were so close. We did everything together. Um, literally after he died, I felt like I had lost everything. I mean, and I still had family, but it was, he, we were together all the time. I mean, we did everything together. And when you take that whole being away from you, it's like, you have nothing left. Wow. That's how I felt anyway. Yeah. Mm. So sorry for your loss. It's amazing how these, I, I just am so, ah, I'm so moved that, that, that this gift that he gave you continues to give to you 17 years later. That's, that's amazing yeah. and incredible. And that you have, I don't know, it's like you've honored the gift, you know, cause you, it's a gift you're giving yourself at the same time. Um, it is because it, it definitely allowed me to heal yeah, and to, you know, be present in life. I'm not even sure how I would have ended up if I didn't have the lens. It was that important to me. It gave me, um, I, it, and it wasn't, it just gave me peace the images gave me peace. And, and for a long time, I didn't really understand that. I, um, I was very drawn to the softer side of the images because there's no hard edges and there's no complicating, uh, parts of the image. It's just whatever you're focusing on. And I used that focus to get out of my head and, I had people telling me that my images were peaceful mm -hmm. initially. And I would look at them like you're crazy. Cause at that mm. time I was still searching for it, mm. but I had to take a step back and I had to relook at the images. And then I understood as hard as I was trying to find it, it was right there in front of me and I was showing it to people and they, they understood it but I didn't. It's, it's like trying to see yourself. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's hard to, to have that kind of, um, when your work, when, when, like, if you're making art, I guess, I guess it's, you know, it's hard to separate yourself from the art you're creating. Mm -hmm. And if you just think about like, how self-aware are we really? <laughs> You know, you know. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm getting a little better about it, but, uh, you know, I, I, we, we kid ourselves all the time. And I, I think it's fascinating. Sometimes people really do see things in us or in our work 
that uh that we don't, we don't see. have a clue yeah. yeah 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 um and i it's still something i use to get out of my head mm-hmm. you know and it yeah. it's not a you know when i do te- when i teach people i tell them you know you don't walk up to a flower and just take a shot and have it be amazing. You walk up to a flower and you look at it and you photograph it a couple times and you kind of get in an element where things start falling away. And once you get rid of all of the noise, that seems to be when the magic really happens. It's just, for me, that's when it happens because I, that's how I see my images. What you see is exactly what I see, but there are so many people that don't see it that way Um, because we're all drawn to different things. Art is made up of so many different pieces, right? Mm -hmm. And I liked the softer side because it's uncomplicated and it's peaceful. And there are other people that like structure and detail more detail i would argue with anybody that says that my images don't have detail because i'm focusing on the minute details right you've got a very specific detail and everything else around that falls into this softness that's what i love about them um i'd love to go back to what you were talking about when you when you took that class and you said that you know he opened your eyes um what was it that that do you, can you identify what he said, something he said, something that happened in the, in the class while you were taking it? Well, they had us, they, they had several different stations set up and we could go around and just photograph flowers in front of glass or behind glass or reflecting in a copper kettle or out into a garden. Um, and it must have been the act of doing that and actually seeing the result in the camera. Um, the only other thing I can say is, is that I, because I don't know 100%, I just know that when I left there, the whole world changed for me and I knew exactly what I was going to do. And I didn't, I haven't stopped. So it's I I love all forms of photography. I love landscape, but I don't like to take it like everybody else does. And I like love long exposure um, because it's more creative. And you it's get that softness if you yes, if you want it, exactly. right? Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, you take the the fog rolling in with some mountains and a sunset or a sunrise, and like you know everybody else is there trying to get their shot and I've got my 10 stop on which will darken everything even more and I've got the camera um, shutter open as long as I possibly can and it just creates the most beautiful uncomplicated feel and the only thing that softens it is the movement of the the fog or the clouds or the the water, you know, something's got to move in order to soften it. And it's mm-hmm. just, that's, 
that's like it for me, you know, and I don't get to do landscape very often. I, I was doing it a lot more, but life changes and <laughs> you just got to go with it. Right? right now. You still, you're still working full time at an office job, right? Yes. And you've got your Instagram feed, which is where you showcase your photography. And I noticed that you had started selling like a line of bags that have your photos printed on them, which are very cool, like these really beautiful totes. And so, so you're working, but you've kind of got like a side gig business. Did you, did you always sell the images? Were you always selling them or was that really more for yourself in the beginning? It was more for myself. It took me a long time to share the images because they were so personal and where they came from. Mm -hmm. I was afraid that they weren't good enough. I just, I just kind of kept them close at heart. And, and then uh, I had, I had people saying that they were beautiful people that I would show. Um, so I started, I started a Facebook and, and then I started to share. That's where I originally started. And then I did an Instagram several years later. I mean, I've only been on Instagram since probably, I don't know. It seems like 2017 or so. Okay. Yeah. So not, not super long. Yeah. No. And now I'm, I'm sharing more and I'm trying to build my community. I really feel like my community is on Facebook. The people that have always been with me are the people on Facebook. The people on Instagram are mostly, I'm surrounded by a lot of photographers, a lot of other photographers. So, so Facebook is where it all started. And you mentioned teaching students. So do you teach? That's a, an extra thing that you do? I was doing, I kept having people ask me if I taught and my initial responses were no, because I'm not technical. And I would, I was afraid that people would want to get into the operation of the camera and stuff. And when I was learning, I didn't pay any attention to that. If people asked me what my settings were, I just looked at them like, I have no idea what my settings were. After a while, I understood it because you see them enough and you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But initially I was just playing. I yeah. was just trying to figure it out and decide um, what was going to work for me, you know, what I, what I wanted to do. Um, and so I had uh, people reach out and they kept asking. And so I thought, okay, fine, I'll, I'll teach them. But I, I made it pretty clear to everybody. I am not a technical person. You need to learn how to use your camera before you come and have a class with me because I am not going to be able to tell you how far you should focus something. I mean, because there's a whole mathematical thing and I'm just like. <laughs> yeah, as soon as the math gets involved, I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> triangle of what? What are you talking about? Ratios, triangles, and exposure things. Oh my goodness. So what has it been like trying to start selling the photos and trying to start a business? A challenge? <laughs> yeah, right? It, 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 oh yeah, it is. Um. A big challenge because I, 
have no business sense. I'm a creative. I, 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 it's not that I can't learn it. It's just not what I'm drawn to. And when you're not drawn to something, it just, it's a more of a task, right? Mm-hmm. But when I started my bag business, um, I set up my website. I, you know, I researched the product, found things that I wanted to put my images on because they have to pass the Sally test. It has to be of a certain quality. I wasn't just going to slap them on a bag and and go with it, right? They had to be good quality bags. Um, but doing the doing the website and trying to learn SEO and um, cost of goods sold, which <laughs> yes, my eyes roll in the back of my head as well when I think of that stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and just all of the, you know, and then having to get on social media on a daily basis and you have to push it out and you have to do reels, you have to show your face, you have to do all of this stuff that you have to do in order to get your product out there for people to see mm-hmm. is, it was so overwhelming because I was doing it all by myself because I didn't have the money to hire this person and hire this person and say, can you help me do the SEO here? And can you get my website set up so that it looks amazing? Um, And can you take care of my cost of goods? No, I have nothing. I've been doing all of this on my own and it is still a little overwhelming, although I'm much more comfortable with it. I can't tell you that I have the cost of goods figured out yet. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, girl, that I was, feel you. you know, I... <laughs> when and it's, it's, a, it's a small business, right? And I work full time. So I'm obviously supplementing the business with my income. And that's mm-hmm. what you do when you, you have a business, right? Yeah. Um. So, and people may think of this, people that are more in business and think, how could she think this way? Cost of goods sold wasn't a, a huge important thing to me. It was just getting everything setting up, set up and 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 you know putting the the stuff online and and selling. Now I'm not stupid. I know we need to make a profit here, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I uh, and so I'm I'm going I'm I'm setting aside time to get more into the business side of it. Um, since I've learned the somewhat SEO and now they got the AI that they're throwing at us. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like sifting sh- sands under your feet, right? Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and, it's you crazy. know, at, at being older, it's harder, I think, to adopt the new technologies. Um, I force myself into it, you know, but I, I can relate to everything you just said, because, you know, when I started the podcast, I'm going on, I'm going on three years in June that the podcast has been out, but I had no idea how to make a podcast. I needed a website and I needed, and I ended up having to build it myself and figure it Mm -hmm. out. And every single thing that I did was, was, just me learning through Google and YouTube, you know, and, uh, and it's crazy. Overwhelming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the photography was very similar to that as well. I started that when I turned 40 is the first time I got a real camera and started it as a side gig doing family photography and headshots, but I was working a full-time job then. And, 
You know, it just took years and years. Like you said, you had your camera with you all the time. I had a nice big purse and I took my camera everywhere while I was learning. But I am looking at, you know, I'm 54 and I'm looking at 20 years down the line and I don't want to stop working. But I don't see myself doing the kind of photography that I'm doing now, which is service photography and lifting lights and back drops and going off to do big corporate sessions and things like that. You know, if, if anything, I'd love to be doing something more similar to what you are, something that I feel artistically, you know, is just for me and maybe sells. But, but all that said, I am like, okay, well, how, what else can I do when I'm 70 and 80? And so I'm looking at myself more as an entrepreneur and trying to learn those skills after having been a creative my whole life, you know, and it, it is, it's something it's a, it's a mind shift. Oh my gosh. Right. Well, the nice thing about macro photography is in your seventies, seventies and eighties, all you have to do is open up your back door. Sally, this has been incredible. How can people find your work? I mean, one more question real quick. Do you sell prints as well as the bags or is it just the bags? No, I have a print website that's specifically prints and it's got some other merchandise, but it doesn't have the bags. It's Sally Halverson Photography Mm -hmm. and the bags are Sally's Blooming Bags. I love that name. So I will have links in the show notes for people. So if you're driving, don't worry about it. Go to my show notes and I'll have a link to Sally for you there. And thank you. This was such a pleasure. I've had such a wonderful time. I have really enjoyed this. So thank you very much. I appreciate you. Oh, so welcome. Thank you. Well, there you have it. You know, this conversation has left me thinking about the power of nature and the power of art and the power of having a passion project. For Sally, photographing flowers became a therapeutic outlet after the death of her husband. And through her photography, she found solace and a renewed sense of purpose. And as she shared her photos with others, she also found a sense of community and support. Through the simple act of photographing flowers, she was able to find a path towards healing and hope. And her journey has made me go back in my mind to a few years ago when I decided to do a personal photography project where I took a photo a day for a whole year using my camera phone and made myself post it to social media just so I'd have a sense of accountability. So I would do it every day. Now let me be clear, I am not comparing my photos to what Sally is doing. But what I do see in common is the power of having a passion project. I ended up extending that project to a second year. And in hindsight, which we all know is 2020 vision, I now suspect that doing that project for two years was part of my own healing journey. The project started in 2016 and extended through 2017. And somewhere in there is when I decided to start the morning routine that shook me out of my midlife rut. 
I am now a big believer in the power of passion projects to help people achieve personal breakthroughs. I can speak to it from personal experience, also from this this podcast and what it's done for me. And I'm wondering, have you ever taken on a passion project and experienced crazy personal growth because of it? I would love to hear from you if you have. If you have, please email me at latebloomerliving at gmail.com or you can feel free to leave me a voice message. I've got this handy little link on my podcast page at latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast. If you scroll down about halfway down the page, you'll see a button there that says leave a message for Yvonne or something like that. So um, also you can go there to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast if you're interested in learning more about Sally Halverson or checking out her website. I'll have the link to the show notes for this episode on my podcast page and links to her are there. And that is it for now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well and talk soon.